I'm WSB's Eric Erickson. Atlanta's evening news is coming up at 5. Between now and then, if there's a traffic red alert, breaking news, severe weather alerts, the WSB 24-hour breaking news center will not hesitate to break in. And we'll have more during Atlanta's evening news from 5 to 7. Depend on it. Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. Live from the Hill, our very own Jamie Dupree with the latest news from D.C. All right, he's the most connected man in Washington, D.C. Hello, Sean. Are we going to talk again today about Donald Trump? What a shock. Uh, We could. There was a new poll out today uh, from Monmouth University that showed Trump doubling up. I think it was on Jeb Bush in New Hampshire, Trump 24, Bush uh, 12. And then uh, what I found the most interesting is another poll, second straight day, where John Kasich is up there, this time in third, along with Scott Walker at 7 percent. And I guess you have to sort of ask, is this just, you know, a result of his post-announcement bump? Some advertising in New Hampshire. I think it's a result of being on the Hannity program because that was (laughs) or that too. Or is this a real, you know, jump up for him that he, you know, maybe he can get his way into the conversation? We don't know the answer to that, but that to me was the most important part of that poll. The timing for him couldn't be any better. The first debate is the sixth, and as I've been reading and everybody else has been discussing, uh, Fox News has set a limit. They're going to use, I think, the top four or five. I forget the number. Uh, yeah, but it's national polls. National this was polls. a New Hampshire poll that, right? that he was good yeah, in. So. No, I agree. But still, I mean, that's a big jump for him. Yeah, and I think he was up to four in the CNN uh, yeah. national poll. So so he might he has an outside shot of, of jumping in, yeah. even though he was the last person in the race. And, you are correct. Um, if I had to guess, all right, let me, well, why should I? I have you, so let me let you guess. It's going to be Trump. Let's go through where you agree or disagree. It's going to be Cruz. It's going to be... Let's see, Marco, it's going to be Rand Paul. It's going to be Scott Walker. It's going to be Jeb Bush. That's six. Okay, break down the final four. Uh, ben Carson. Ben Carson's in. I agree Mike with that. Huckabee, I think, would be in. That's eight. And so then you're down to two spots left. And I, I just think Chris Christie will stay in, and then I guess I'd either pick Perry or um, the long shot coming hard at the end on the outside, Kasich. Wow. I mean, it'd be tough for Perry. But somebody gets left behind, obviously. Yeah. uh, Now, Fox, interestingly, um, they changed for those that don't get in. And look, I'm not saying this because I worked there. I think they made the best decision they could. Because you can't have 16 people on the stage. No, you shouldn't even have 10. Let's get down to I mean, 10 is hard hard enough. I think they're trying to be fair. So what they did is, those that didn't make the first cut, I think the day of the debate, they're going to put everyone on at 5 o'clock. Yeah, originally it was going to be one. Now it's going to be at yeah, the so five o'clock, which yeah. is a, a highly viewed hour where the five is. And so I think they're doing everything they can to be fair to everybody. And I understand that those people that don't make it, there's always going to be some frustration. But yeah, my answer to the people that don't make it is you got to get your have numbers a forum up. right there. They they can get in and make their case. Make so, your yeah. case. I mean, I've also given airtime to almost everybody now. I've given the full hour almost to everyone, not quite everybody. And so I think I've been fair to everyone, and uh, and we're trying to make that happen. Um, what did you think of the Daily Beast nonsense? Um, you know, th- those kind of stories I tend to just sort of, okay, whatever. That's, you know, I, we're going to have those stories now as we get into this. To me, the most interesting part about it was not necessarily the details of the story, but the behavior of the Trump advisor and the language, the colorful language, et cetera, and engaging with reporters on that. That, to me, was the most interesting part of it to see well, what's how... interesting is he's he really works for the trump organization i've known michael Cohn for many many years he's a tough hard lawyer business guy and i i talked to him about it and he reflected it in a statement he was so angry 
he said he just blew his top. He, he said, I was so, he said in his statement, rarely am I surprised by the press, but the gall of this particular reporter to make such a reprehensible and false allegation against Mr. Trump truly stunned me. In my moment of shock and anger, I made an inarticulate comment, which I do not believe and which I apologize for entirely. I well, you know, it's those moments, those unscripted moments, whether a staffer or the actual person running for the White House, that you have to, you know, you can't have those kind of outbursts and you hope you do limit them. There's going to be mistakes and errors here and there. But, you know, that's that that really let the story go a step further into something else. You know what I mean, Sean? It, it wasn't on I the merits he, of the story. I think he covered it, though, pretty well. I mean, I think I think he, he said. I was shocked. I was angry. I made an inarticulate comment. I don't believe that comment. I apologize for it. And I, as far as I'm concerned, both these stories are kind of dead now. Between uh, when Ivana Trump said the story is totally without merit, and then she goes on to say we're best friends. We raised three children we love and are proud of. I have nothing but fondness for him. Wish him the best of luck, and I think he'd be an incredible president. That story's dead. That story's I guess I, lear I learned that there was something called scalp reduction surgery. That I guess that's what I learned. Yeah, I, you know what? I don't even I don't even believe that. I think well, although no, I don't care. I'm not saying that whether he did it or not. I just never heard the term before. Yeah, I never heard the term either. I mean, so I, it doesn't matter to me whether he had. It, I don't care. You know, there, there's going to be lots of those stories and it tests the mettle of every single candidate and their team in how they deal with it. Yeah, no, I agree. And this is what I said. This, this is a process and a lot will happen between now and Iowa and the caucuses and the New Hampshire primaries and South Carolina and Nevada. And how many times have you heard me say these guys are all going to trip? They're all going to fall. Some will get back up and some won't. Yep. So I think that that's where the process is ultimately helpful. We had uh, Ben Carson was here today um, in D.C. at the Capitol for this Planned Parenthood rally. He spoke. Yeah, he's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Along with uh, Ted Cruz was all, also spoke. Rand Paul, Rand Paul opened it up and then Ted Cruz and Ben Carson sort of ended it. Uh, Carson was asked afterward by reporters in a little scrum what he thought of uh, the the comments yesterday we talked about about Mike Huckabee and his comments about the Iranian nuclear deal. And Carson was sort of funny. He said uh, the language might have been a little colorful was what Carson said. And he had an interesting line because he said when you use that type of language, the stories are all about that and not as much about what you really think about the issue. And it was sort of an interesting way to uh, to he, look at he's it. He's kind of like a, a the alter ego, if you will, of Trump. I mean, he's... Uh, yes, yeah, the uh, the calm right. one, yes. All right, but he's anti-establishment. He's anti-PC. Yeah, no, and if you look at the poll numbers, he's, he's sort of been a constant in the polls. Yeah. So he has not gone up and down. As Trump has gone up... Carson has not moved very much. He, he's just sort of still there. And you know that, who's that popping a little, is interesting. You know who's popping now a little bit is Ted Cruz in two polls that came out today. He went up a pretty significant amount, and I'm not surprised because I think he speaks for a lot of us that are conservative. Uh, well, you know, obviously Trump is in the lane that Ted Cruz wanted to be in right now. Probably, but it may still be very early. I mean, I again, I don't think any of us can predict. Um, all right, let's move on. We, we have a debate coming up later. The guy that's responsible for bringing out these Planned Parenthood undercover videos, the guy responsible, is going to join us on the program, David uh, Delighton. He's with the project called the Center for Medical Progress. Did you see these tapes yet? Have you? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I looked at the latest one that came out this oh, morning. And, uh, you know, it's obviously it's really touched a nerve with a lot of Republicans. And it's one reason why a number of them want to move on legislation that would either ban or restrict federal money going to Planned Parenthood. Uh, Rand Paul started to bring up a bill last week and Senator McConnell uh, put started the work to get it to the floor on banning federal funding for Planned Parenthood. But evidently, for whatever variety of reasons, there was a little pushback on that today in the Senate Republican meeting. So right now, downstairs from me, Rand Paul, Joni Ernst, 
and James Lankford, who is a senator from Oklahoma, Joni Ernst, the senator from Iowa, along with Rand Paul, are trying to see if they can come up with a sort of a GOP consensus bill mm-hmm. about what to do about funding for Planned Parenthood, which is estimated. They, they Remember, there's no line in the budget for them. They get about a half billion dollars in grant money. The one thing is almost no matter what they come up with, Sean, and they're going to try to have a test vote on it next week. I don't think they'll get 60 votes. I'm not even sure they'll get 50, actually. We'll have to see exactly what's in the bill. But there will be some kind of vote next week, most likely, in the Senate dealing with that. Now, the House, Speaker Boehner was again asked about it today at his news conference. And he said, while the the videos horrify him, he, uh, for whatever variety of reasons, does not want to rush to a legislative kind of vote and says he wants his two committees that are looking at it to keep working on it, investigate it, hold hearings, and then after their summer break, come up with some kind of legislative solution. This is why people want Boehner to go, people like me, because this is the moment you can use these tapes as a, as a justification. Hold the vote. Hold the vote. Defund it. Do something. And this, is, this goes back to immigration. This goes back to health care. I noticed last night they avoided a, a huge intramural battle in the Senate over... Uh, over a plan to uh, repeal Obamacare again. Yeah, the, last night there was going to be another one of those opportunities for um, mainly Mike Lee, but also for Ted Cruz to rise on the floor at a certain point during the debate related to the Export-Import Bank and the Highway Bill, make an objection and try to force an arcane parliamentary showdown with fellow Republicans. But during the day, Lee's plan, which had been sort of hyped by some outside groups on the Republican side as being a bold move and a lot, it unraveled during the day. And again, Lee and Cruz yesterday, as on Sunday, did not have the support amongst their fellow Republicans to start this rule showdown. They needed 10 fellow Republicans to stand up and authorize votes on the floor for them, and they couldn't get that. And there was a bit of a showdown behind closed doors between uh, the Senate Majority Leader, other Republicans, and Lee and Cruz. Lee sort of backed off, and they agreed to fight on the Obama health law on budget reconciliation. But, you know, this this whole last few days, again, it showed that, you know, the, the, the Cruz-Lee wing of the party, very vocal, very driven, very much committed to change, and yet they just can't seem to align the votes at times to get their that sort of get their drive through. So a bit of a setback for them, a bit of advantage on this one to the GOP leadership in the Senate. But like the House, Sean, how many months have we been talking about this? Yeah. I certainly don't think this is the end. Cruz, I listened to him outside today at the Planned Parenthood rally, and he was thumping the McConnell-Reed leadership and, you know, the, the Washington cartel. So I certainly don't see him backing off one bit. I don't see it either. Now, the Export-Import Bank, one in the Senate, but... The House GOP refused to take it up, uh, the underlying Senate highway bill. Yeah, that, so that, that thing won last night, and, and the vote wasn't even close. By the way, this is, this is corporate cronyism, because these are, are loan guarantees, the American taxpayers, to the tunes of billions of dollars. This is disgraceful. The, the government guarantees loans to help U.S. businesses sell overseas. Well, well, the why Export-Import Bank. This is where the Republicans are out of touch. The, 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 um, what was interesting is that there were 29 senators who voted against the Export-Import Bank reauthorization. 28 Republicans and Bernie Sanders. Funny, right? Yeah, how about that? That's pretty funny. 
So even though it won in the Senate, the Republicans in the House today were waving their arms furiously and saying, "Uh uh-uh, we're not dealing with that anytime soon. So it's not like it's going to come up tomorrow all of a sudden. They're not going to deal with it at all because they're going to come back with their own version of the highway bill and Mm -hmm. kick this can down the road a few months. So the the Exim Bank may have won this hurdle, gotten over this hurdle in the Senate, but it is not going to be approved uh, anytime soon in the House of Representatives. Maybe in the fall, because I still think, Sean, there's probably over 300 votes for the XM Bank in the Congress. Did you see the op-ed in the Wall Street Journal this morning where Representative DeSantis and Jim Jordan, I like Jim Jordan a lot, are calling for the impeachment of the IRS head? Yeah, they uh, they had a big presentation, a news conference yesterday, Republicans on the House Oversight Committee, in which they rolled out sort of this extended list of grievances against the IRS commissioner. And they said along, I think it was a 30 page letter to the president demanding either a that he boot the IRS chief, get rid of him or b had been talked about, maybe bring up impeachment charges or contempt of Congress. And what it boils down to is they just simply believe that the IRS chief has dragged his feet, has not turned over evidence and has not really been helping despite his public words to really fair out what went on with the Tea Party targeting scandal. I'm just waiting for them to come after me. I'm shocked. You know why they don't come after me? Because they and look, why is that? Because I pay way too much. I, I, it's the God's honest truth. I told him, you, you know uh, Gene Hensler, right, from Atlanta, yes. the Atlanta days? He's yes. a local radio personality, great guy. All right, so he had, like, a threshold, and I was like his, I, I was like his poorest client, but out of pity he took me on. And so he has been my money manager guy, him and Bill Laco, for all these years. And uh, I said to them early on, I said, I do not ever want to get audited. I said, I do not ever want to have to hear that I owe back money. I said, just pay the taxes because of my position. I just figured I'd be a prime target, don't you think? It could well happen. You're absolutely right. Well, you saw what Lois Lerner did, targeted conservatives. So I wasn't too far off base or paranoid, was I? Uh, you can always maybe uh, send a FOIA in there to see if your name's being bandied about on the email system. Would you do that for me as a favor? <laughs> sure, let's I want that as shot. my Christmas gift this year. <laughs> hey, hey exactly. did you hear Linda had her baby get this? Little, no, I didn't. That's li- great. Little Liam, nine pounds, nine well, ounces, 48 hours of labor. Oh, dear. I'm sorry to hear that, but I'm happy and hope she's doing well. My, my wife's first baby, my son, who's now 16, took literally 20 minutes. Oof. Almost had it in a New York City taxi cab. True story. Well, tell Linda hello and uh, congrats for me. All right, Jamie Dupree. Thank you, sir. Most See you, Sean. Man in Washington. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean, you want to be a part of our program as we uh, continue here? Hey, um, in this day and age, you got to understand identity theft is real. The threat is real. Now, what puts your identity at risk? If you swipe your debit card at a gas station. Well, identity thieves have these skimming devices on the payment terminals. They can get all the information on you. Or maybe you use a public Wi-Fi. You go to the local Starbucks. Identity thieves are known to set up shop around Wi-Fi hotspots, hoping to cash in on your personal information that they steal there. If you do online banking, you go to a doctor. LifeLock reminds us that banks and health insurers, well, they can be susceptible to breaches of your private information. Now, don't stop living your life, but you need, in this day and age, this brave new world, LifeLock Ultimate Plus Identity Theft Protection. It'll protect your good name, your credit, your social security number, your bank retirement accounts, your credit cards, and even the equity in your home. Now, you can enroll in just minutes and protection starts immediately. Go to LifeLock.com slash Hannity. Use the promo code Hannity. You'll save 10% on your LifeLock Ultimate Plus membership. Or you can call now. Mention my name, 800-440-4836. 800-440-4836. 800-440-4836 for LifeLock.com. 
We heard you, and we'll bring every candidate on this show to get you informed and ready for the road to 2016. Hannity's on, on now. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments. Get started at Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Results may vary. See Chime.com for details. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details.